Welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas Podcast episode 48. This week we'll be recapping Chelsea's wins over Burnley and Norwich and we'll be previewing their games against Newcastle and Lille. Now, before we get any further into the action, we do have to talk about the sanctions against Chelsea's owner, Roman Abramovich. He has been sanctioned by the UK government. So, Adam, what do you think this means for Chelsea's short-term future, but more importantly, their long-term future? Yes, so I think first off, just to clear it up so everyone understands, basically the effect that this has is we can carry out our fixtures and pay players and staff and whatnot, but only season ticket holders will be able to attend matches. So there, there'll be no, you, you can, if you're not a season ticket holder, you can't buy tickets for the remaining games. Uh, you can't buy merchandise from the Chelsea Mega Store. Um, the club technically cannot be sold by Roman Abramovich. He can't sell the club and make money from it. It has to be sold by the UK government. It has to be in their hands to sell it. So long story short, it's not good news for Chelsea. And what this means for that, and also one more thing I forgot, a lot of their sponsors have pulled out three their main sponsor and Nike have said they're staying and Trivago also. So that's, again, not good news. And I've heard there might be a layoff of staff also. So everything's just kind of uncertain right now. What this does mean short term is Thomas Tuchel's going to carry on. But we'll see how difficult it becomes with away games because if there be starts to become difficulties with team buses and like we can't purchase gas <laughs> for the bus which is nuts like uh, uh yeah so that's that's the short term in terms of like we should be able to carry on with our season but it's not going to be ideal by any means and then the long-term effects well I think the best thing is, and we can't be picky right now, because I think Roman Abramovich has to sell. We, we, this club has to be sold one way or another. We can't continue like this, where we can't buy cash for the team bus. Like, that, that can't continue. So this club has to be sold so that someone could stabilize it. Because if it's not sold, then, then who knows what's going to happen. There could be long-lasting effects. Uh, for Chelsea financially which could put the club in serious danger so this club needs to be sold quickly so that these issues are rectified and one more thing I forgot and one of the biggest things is contracts cannot be signed so Rudiger, Aspilicueta, Christensen can't be re-signed unless we get new owners and the situation is rectified and also we can't make new signings so that's also obviously impacts the short term. But I think we're all really concerned about the long term. And I think really this club has to be sold as soon as possible. I would agree with you. As a City, city fan point of view, this, these sanctions don't allow for 
Chelsea to kind of function as a club like they used to function before, right? And I think that they should still be allowed to make signings, like make contracts and stuff. But this obviously affects them in the long term. You can't re-sign key players like your captain, Aspi, like Christensen, who's been pretty decent, targeted by Barcelona, and Rudiger, who's one of the best centre-backs in the world. You can't re-sign those crucial players, and in the long term, it is going to affect them. So I hope that Chelsea does get sold in the near future one way or another, so that they can continue on in the Premier League. Moving on now, as we don't want to spend too much time in the politics field, um, we will be reviewing Chelsea's game against Burnley. So, obviously a 4-0 victory, all four goals coming from the second half, but what changed from the first and second half, in your opinion? Yeah, so the, the first half felt... We didn't give up much defensively, as usual, but going forward, there was a real... We felt stale in the final third. I think we needed more from our attackers and our wingbacks. And that came in the second half. Um, we found it difficult to get in behind Burnley. And Burnley can be quite narrow at times. And with the wingbacks, you can really get in behind them. We didn't do enough of that in this first half. And in the second half, I think Tuchel emphasized that at halftime in terms of I think there was a key change where Tuchel went to two strikers, Pulisic and Havertz, and then kind of put Mason Mount on the left side of the midfield and Kante got some space on the right. And that allowed then Reese James to find some space out wide and behind the fullbacks. And then Reese James did what Reese James does, and that's be a tank and score some brilliant goals. So I think it was really the... I think there were just maybe a little bit of tactical things I needed to switch in the second half and Tuchel making those adjustments, freeing up the right-hand side with N'Golo Kante and Reese James, I think that really, really helped. And I felt Chelsea in the second half asked a lot more questions of Burnley, got in behind the defense and took their chances when they came. Right. The first 15 minutes of the second half was just... A complete blitz by Chelsea, right? They just came in from the second half looking like a completely new team, to be honest, and they just scored right away. I I think overall they performed really well. They dominated the first half possession, but as you mentioned, they couldn't really create any meaningful chances. And actually, Burnley that almost scored the first goal in that game, and they utilized their space much better in the second half. I feel like Thomas Tuchel did mention that in the halftime talk. It was like we need to utilize our space that we're creating and allow for the ball to be played to our attackers and create chances. And I I just think that with Reese James in the lineup, it like the team just looks so much more fluid. And it's just a quick question, but like how important do you think it is for Reese James to stay in this team? And I personally think that if Reese James stays in the lineup with Ben Chilwell, then they could still be in the title race. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this just proves why Reese James and Ben Chilwell going down was such a big problem for Chelsea. Because in in our attack, the wingbacks are absolutely pivotal. And Reese James and Ben Chilwell, in terms of arriving into the box and really being clinical 
and creating opportunities for those around them. Uh, they are two of the best in world football in those positions, wing back, full backs positions, arriving into the box and taking chances into the, in the final third. And I think it sucks because now Reese James is injured for another four games we're hearing, but this is what you get when Reese James is in the team because he gives you something that Aspilicueta doesn't. And that, and... And that's pivotal for this Chelsea team moving forward. And looking at a Champions League run this year, hopefully Reese James is back for the quarterfinal. And that would be a massive boost And uh, if we get to the quarterfinal. And I think it really does prove that if we had these two fit, I think we'd still be in the title race. Right. I would completely agree with you. And looking back, when Reese James and both Ben Shilwell went out, their offense just kind of tanked. It just took like two steps back, right? And you really have to start thinking that like, well, were these two wingbacks like really our best offensive players? And then the answer is, I believe it's absolutely yes. They've been creating so much space for the attack. And even Reese James, I believe he was like the top goal scorer for Chelsea before he went down for an injury. And it just proves how much, how crucial he is to this Chelsea squad. And yeah, I just think he's a wonderful player. Now, with this 4-0 Chelsea victory, Burnley, as always, have a lot of draws. They have a lot of their points coming from ties. But do you think that Burnley will stay in the Premier League after this result? So, I, I don't think they will. And I feel like I'm going to eat my words because every year Sean Dyche does this to me. But I'm just looking at the teams above them. And I think I think Leeds and Everton are the two that could potentially drop in. I think Brentford's going to be okay. But I think Leeds and Everton, I, I think Everton should be really scared too. Because defensively, I'm sorry, but they look championship level. And, and Leeds under new management, they look better, but it's still taking maybe a bit. I think they've rectified a little bit of the defensive issues. They're more organized. But now at the top of the pitch, it's maybe coming a little dry the last couple of games. But I do think those two squads just have more. And I think with the guidance of Frank Lampard for Everton and with the guidance of Jesse Marsh for Leeds, who I think is a great fit for Leeds... I think those two will just edge Burnley. And I just think quality-wise, they have more difference makers. I really don't think there's enough goals in this Burnley team. Do Burnley have the quality to stay up? In my opinion, absolutely not. They should have been in the championship for quite some time now, I think. But can they do it? I mean, it's Burnley. And they always find a way to stay in the Premier League at like 17th and like, the bottom five and they always surprise me so honestly i hope i kind of hope they drop but honestly it's burnley they might even stay up who knows only time will tell i guess moving on now to chelsea's game versus norwich a 3-1 victory for the blues thoughts on chelsea's performance and what worked in the first half because the second half was a different story yes so 
I think the the performance overall was good, and and I I appreciated it because the news of Roman Abramovich being sanctioned, and all the news surrounding Chelsea that we talked about came out on the day of the game, and that that's never easy news for anyone, and to to find a way to win the game is great, and I really appreciate that. So I cut them a little bit of slack with performance-wise. But I thought the first half was incredible. I thought they were awesome. And I think what worked is is the right-hand side, right? Even though Reese James wasn't there, I think the right-hand side really, really worked. And I think why it worked is because I think with the two... Burnley always play their 4-4-2, so they have two sitting midfielders. And I think when Chelsea switched the ball quickly from left to right, Mason Mount dropping in, in kind of from that number 10 position, was able to find some space. And then Aspi was getting really forward, giving some width. And then if you watch Kai Havertz, a lot of the times he was coming over to that right-hand side and providing an outlet for, for Mason Mount and Espelicueta in behind the Burnley defense. And I think that was one of the main routes for Chelsea going forward, and they created a lot of opportunities. And and the other side, Timo Werner didn't have a great game, but ironically, the, the goal, the first goal, or sorry, the second goal, came from the left-hand side. So there was a good bit of play uh, in there too. But I think mainly the right-hand side was was really good and it worked in the first half. The second half, Norwich got back into the game. There was a little bit more energy in that team. Uh, but I'm really happy we were able to get through it and uh, scored a nice third goal. I would agree. Um, first half, they looked pretty much the same as Burnley second half, I think. They just came out right out of the gates and just scored two goals almost back-to-back, right? And they looked a lot more pressured in the second half, I won't lie. They were kind of on the back foot there. Scored and uh, conceded a penalty from Chalaba's handball. But overall, I was pretty satisfied with Chelsea's performance. Now, the big question though is there were so many good players in the, in that game, in my opinion. But who was your mind in the match? Because I think this could be an interesting t- discussion question. Yeah, so I think my man of the match would probably be Kai Havertz. I thought he had a really good game. There were others I thought of. I thought Mason Mount had one of his best games for a while. I thought Kovacic ran the midfield again. And I thought, I say this every time, but Thiago Silva was one of the best players on the field as usual. But I think Kai Havertz um, put in a really good shift in terms of the, the amount of times where... He really penetrated the Burnley defense and got in behind and made runs in behind, gave an outlet for Mason Mount a lot of the times. Uh, was really pivotal in terms of creating chances. Took the, th- the, uh, the third goal was really nice that he scored. But I think overall his play was really good. The way that he interchanged with Timo Werner and Mason Mount and uh, combined with them and provided a threat. My man of the match was kind of split. I was contemplating between Kai Havertz and Mason Mount for a long time. But my man of the match has to go to Mason Mount. Um, I think I think this is interchangeable, honestly. Both players played 
incredible games. Mason Mount had so many good deliveries into the box, especially with those corners, in my opinion. They could have easily scored more than three goals. And I just think he looked really good on the day, you know. I was kind of critical about Mason Mount's performance over the past couple of games. You know, he should be scoring some more chances. He should be, you know, he wasn't creating as much as he was. But now, coming back into this Norwich game, he looked great. I agree. One thing with Mason Mount, I would say, too, is I think his work rate off the ball in this game, too, was really, really good. Uh, defensively, he was he was great. Right. With this victory, Chelsea are now, I think, are cemented in third place. But do you think that after this victory, they solidified themselves in a top four position. I mean, Arsenal, I think, still have two or three games in hand. So if they win those, they'll still be close with Chelsea. But what do you think? So I think, like, Ars Arsenal could, if they win their games in hand, they could be, I believe, two points behind us. So they'll be right with us if they win. But we're talking top four here. And I think, honestly, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I think we're 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 good with top four. I know, like, we have a um, nine-point lead over Manchester United, and we have a game in hand. It's United. <laughs> That's true, too. We have a 11-point lead on West Ham, and we have a game in hand. We have a 11-point lead on Spurs. They have a game in hand. So I just think that the gaps are too big with, like, 10 games remaining. And even like Chelsea have already played City and Liverpool. I just, I think this should be fairly straightforward for the rest of the season. And I'm happy that Tuchel's got Chelsea going again in the Premier League because it looked like we may slip into a dogfight. But now we're kind of in the position where I think Man United were in last year where they weren't going to drop out of the top four, but they weren't going to challenge City. And honestly, at this point, that, that's kind of what we need to just turn our attention to the UCL and make these Premier League games as comfortable as possible. So, yeah, and I think we're playing really well lately too. Like, I, I felt February was a really good month, and I think we've started March really well. And I think even Tuchel said it, that we're kind of getting back to our best, and that's good to see, and it's just at the right time with the Champions League. All right, that will do it for the recaps. But now moving on to the previews in the Premier League and in the Champions League, first off starting against Newcastle. So obviously Newcastle, they're still technically in the relegation battle, but I think they'll be fine. David looked incredible in these past couple of weeks, but what do you think Chelsea has to do this game to beat Newcastle? And what do, do would you say that this is the best form that they've these two clubs have been in for a long time. So I think with Newcastle, um, they're no, they yeah they won't get relegated. They're in a great spot, and uh, the money they spent in January came in handy for them. And I think with Newcastle, this is the most positive. I think just just like. Even just don't look at what's happening on, on the field. Just I think if, first of all, you look at what the atmosphere at St. James's Park and the smiles on the Newcastle fans' faces. Like that used to be one of the most like polarizing places to go 
not really as an away team, but like the home team, like Newcastle players would get booed all the time at St. James Park because with all due respect, they weren't good enough, right? And those and the Newcastle fans weren't happy. And now they're actually happy. <laughs> and it's actually crazy to see Newcastle fans happy because we just haven't seen it in a while. And I think that's the first thing you look at. But on the field, obviously, that's why the fans are happy. And the investment done in January, also some of the work Eddie Howe's doing. Uh, I think def- there's much more of a togetherness within that group in terms of just mentally, but also what they do on the field. I think there's much more cohesion within that team, and it's showing in their performances. I would agree with you. And they're still point-wise in the relegation fight, but four wins out of the last five, I think they're clear of the relegation zone. So starting 11 predictions, let's do that, because I think this could be interesting considering all the injuries and potential illnesses that are still in this Chelsea roster. Who do you think is starting? Okay, so I went with an interesting lineup just because we're, we're, there's a lot of players we're uncertain of. Um, so I went with a 4-1-4-1. Tuchel's done it before. He did it against Tottenham. But yeah, so I went with Mendy. My back four has Saar, Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and Chalaba. Chalaba? I'm saving Christensen for Lille. And then I have in the midfield three, I have Jorginho and Golokante and Mason Mount. So I'm playing Mason Mount a bit deeper. And then in the in for the attacking players, I have Werner on the left, Ziyech on the right. I love Ziyech in a back four. And we got Havertz up top. I've gone for a slight 4-3-3 kind of style with Jorginho as like a holding midfielder. So I've gone with Mendy in goal. I've put I've put Christensen in right back, but honestly, Chalaba makes sense as well. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them start and the other starts against Lille. With Thiago Silva, Rudiger, and Saar in the back. I've gone with Kante and Kovacic. I hope they don't start together, but if they do, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I would hope one of them stays rested for Lille with Jorginho in the holding midfield. And I've gone for Ziyech, Mount, and Havertz up front. I could see a Werner start because I would want one of them rested. And since these games are so close to each other. But I've gone for Ziyech, Mount, and Havertz up front in a 4-3-3 style. One final thing about the Newcastle game. What do you think Chelsea has to do in this game? Because if we take a look back at their fixtures, they haven't played against a top-of-the-table team since Spurs in January. And I think this will be Newcastle's biggest challenge in a while. What do you think Chelsea has to do to secure the victory? So I think you'll see Chelsea should have a lot of possession. And I think they've looked a lot better offensively with Kai Havertz up front. So if that continues, I think they should be okay. And I think if if uh, Havertz is able to really penetrate the Newcastle defense and he's able to combined with the other players in the front three, whoever that may be, 
And then I would like to have a Jorginho in there to keep possession. And then a Kante or a Kovacic to break the lines and feed the ball into the front three. So I think if we're able to have the same fluidity like we've had in the final third, I think we can really pick Newcastle off. But there is a threat that Newcastle does have going forward too with St. Maximan, like we know he's a big threat. So I think defensively in transition, Newcastle can really hurt you. So I think the way we press after we lose the ball is going to be really key in terms of winning the ball back quickly and trying to break forward and maybe even create quick transitional opportunities when we win the ball back. I would agree with you 100%. One final game before we close out this episode, Chelsea against Lille. Obviously, they're playing in France. Uh, Chelsea do have a 2-0 advantage. So with this 2-0 lead, do you think Chelsea will play more of a counter-attack style? So yeah, since it's the second leg of the Champions League, we do have a 2-0 lead. I, I do expect Chelsea to be a bit more pragmatic. And I think that we, we've seen it too in the Champions League where Chelsea have held on to a lead and been a bit more pragmatic. We remember last year, um, even the game against Atletico, second leg, Porto in the second leg, uh, obviously Man City in the Champions League final when we had the lead. We were a bit more pragmatic and kept it compact and tight at the back. So I think if we go to France and we um, keep it pretty solid defensively, we don't give spaces for Jonathan David and Bamba and whoever starts up top for Lille to get in behind us, I think if we keep Lille in front of us, it'll be difficult for them to really create much. And and then I think we could hurt them in transition. I don't want us to sit so deep from the off. I do expect us to be a bit more pragmatic and really be clinical in the opportunities that we have to get forward. Right, You mentioned Jonathan David, who has been Lille's best player, in my opinion, this season with the likes of Renato Sanchez. But how do you think Chelsea nullify Jonathan David? Because in the first half, it was mainly not letting him get make runs from behind, right? And Thiago Silva really dominated in the aerial part against Jonathan David. So what do you think they have to do this game to nullify him? I think, I think it's pretty similar. I think with Jonathan David, like we know with, with Canada... The last thing you want is him one-on-one with your goalkeeper in behind you. And he's quick. And his decision-making in the final third is incredibly good. And his hold-up play is good. But like I said before, you you do want to keep him in, in front of you. You want to force him deeper to get touches. And that's what was happening in the first leg. It was very difficult. He wasn't getting much help from those around him. And I think that's also a big thing. I think if you're Chelsea, if you can get tight to those little midfielders, if the fullbacks or our wingbacks take care of their wide players, it's not going to be much service for Jonathan David. So if you make sure that every touch Jonathan David has is in front of you and Thiago can really just marshal him away from goal... And he's, he's having to drop into midfield constantly to pick up the ball. I, I think you'll be fine. 
So I think that's really the way to, to nullify the threat of Jonathan David. And hopefully we can do what we did in the first like. One final thing before closing out this episode, your starting lineup predictions. And I know Newcastle is right there and Lille is only a couple days after. So the lineups may look a little bit different, but who do you think is starting against Lille specifically? Okay, so Newcastle, I might have been totally off, but Lille, I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll be better with this one. So I went for our 3-4-3. I didn't do anything crazy. And I went with Mendy and Goal, uh, Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and Christensen as the back three. And then my wing backs, I brought Alonso back in. I think he can be uh, a threat going forward. And then I have Aspi at right wing back. And then I have Kovacic and Kante. I think in, in a Champions League game, that could be a bit more transitional. That This isn't a game where I feel like we need Jorginho. I think we'll dominate a lot of possession against Newcastle. I think against Lille, we'll have less of the ball just because we're, we're up 2-0. So I think Kovacic and Kante can be huge in terms of when we win back the ball turning defense into attack quickly. And that's why I picked them. And also my front three, I brought Pulisic back, who is playing really well right now. And I have Mount in there also. And I have Kai Havertz up front. I think those three could be absolutely deadly in counterattacking situations with Kante and Kovacic behind them. My lineup is actually the exact same. <laughs> I also did go for the standard 3-4-3. I mean, it's a Champions League game. You are going to be playing a li- little bit more passively and defensively, so I don't think Jorginho will start. And Pulisic, Havertz, and Mason Mount as the front three should be pretty standard. All right. So next week, we'll be back to recap these two games against Newcastle and Lille. We'll be previewing Chelsea's FA Cup quarterfinal against Middlesbrough, who upset Spurs. Yeah, Middlesbrough beat United and Spurs. Crazy. Well, I mean, Spurs is Spurs, but... yeah. So looking forward to these two games. Go Chelsea. Quarterfinals of Champions League. Let's do it. Bye, everyone.